Thanks for tuning in to Strap on Your Boots. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. I'm a successful entrepreneur, award-winning filmmaker, and a guest lecturer at top universities along with Udemy for my course, Startup Essentials. In this episode of Startup Journey, I'm going to talk to Corinne Reithheimer, the owner of Shore Soaps in Cape May, New Jersey. Hey, Corinne. So thanks for joining me. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. The first thing I want you to tell me is how you first came up with the idea for Shore Soaps. Well, the start of Shore Soaps was very much not a business at first. Uh, I started making soap out of necessity just for myself because when I first moved to Philly from Cape May for work, I started having skin issues that I'd never had before. More frequent breakouts, overall dryness, talking to my friends about it. They kind of told me like, well, the air quality in Philly is very different than at the shore. The water quality to maybe it was what I had been eating at work. So, you know, having a lot of free time on my hands in a new city, not knowing many people, you know, I decided to do some of my own research on natural skin remedies And in doing so, I sort of found out just how much horrible stuff is in the drugstore skincare products I had been using for years, from synthetic bleaches and dyes to silicone, hormone-disrupting chemicals and preservatives, you name it, it was in there. So I sort of set out to come up with a few soaps that were 100% natural, no animal fats, no parabens, sulfates, you know, just for my personal use. The business aspect of it hadn't even popped into my head at that point. Wow. So it sounds like you came up with short soaps out of a need, like your own pain point you were trying to solve, something that you were personally facing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. In my research, I kind of found out that uh, it only takes about 28 seconds for anything you put on the surface of your skin to be absorbed into your bloodstream. So, you know, yeah, people are very conscious about what they're putting into their bodies, you know, with all the new organic trends that are coming out. People are realizing that that's important, but, you know, that's not the only thing that's important. It's also what you're putting on your skin. I mean, even with shampoo and conditioner, people don't realize, like, you're literally lathering chemicals that are absorbing right into your bloodstream through your scalp. And that's the best way for a new business owner to start a company, is something that they are trying to fix in the world that they personally are having an issue with. Also, you mentioned chemicals and and putting them on your body. Like, that's a big misconception. People think the only things that you should be worrying about is the kinds of foods you put in your body, the kinds of foods you eat, basically. But essentially, anything you put on your body is the same as ingesting it. You're still putting it on your skin. You're still putting it on your body. And I am actually very cognizant of that. So I agree. So when did you discover that you could take your fledgling startup and turn it into a real business with a storefront? Like, what was the day? What was the moment? When did you realize that this was a viable business? Well, after about 10 botched batches of soap during my experimentation with cold process, which is the type of soap making that we do at Shore Soaps, it's basically the from scratch method. I finally made a batch that turned out, mind you, it was super ugly in comparison to what we make now, but it was soap. (laughs) So I used it and I visibly saw and felt a difference in my skin after just a few washes. I actually remember like the light bulb moment. I had just stepped out of the shower and thought, God, my skin feels amazing. Haven't had a breakout since I started using it. And I honestly can't think of one single thing that I've ever bought at CVS or Walgreens that had ever made me feel like that. And of course, my next thought was I would buy this feeling and I bet other people would too. So I didn't start running Shore Soaps full time until about 2014 when I moved back to my hometown of Cape May, New Jersey. 
Well, for sure, it sounds like you made the right decision. And even though it sounds like you're succeeding, you also mentioned you had 10 botched experiments. So tell me about some of the challenges you might have faced when you went full time into shore soaps. Um, aside from like formulating, you know, all the batches myself and kind of getting the chemistry and the math, which coincidentally were my least favorite subjects in high school, where I actually did the worst. And it's ironic now that that's what I do for a living. But aside from that, um, I think the biggest challenges that I initially faced when I started making soap every day or running the business every day was just juggling that and also like my full-time waitressing job, which at the time was pretty much bankrolling the side hustle. So I was, I was literally waking up at the crack of dawn to make soap and make all the other products, which at the time were just some simple like supplementary things like bath salts, lip balms, you know, and then running right to the restaurant in the early evening and not getting home until midnight. Mind you, my studio at the time was a spare bedroom in my house because the FDA doesn't allow you to make soap that you intend to sell in your kitchen anymore, which a lot of people used to do back in the day. Yes. Yeah. So I had to have like a separate designated place. So when I first started out, I pretty much lived in my studio and at that restaurant. And on the week, yeah, on the weekends, I was at the local farmers markets and craft shows and just trying to get our name and the products out there and trying to educate people as to what makes our soap different than say, the Irish Spring that you can buy at the dollar store. It's funny you mention this because this is one of the main things I teach people in my book and my course, is not to quit your day job and start your business until you are sure it's going to be profitable enough for you to quit your job. Definitely not. I don't think that Shore Soaps would have been as successful if at the time I had the idea, I just quit my job and, you know, ran with it without any, um, you know, capital or investors or anything. And, you know, I sort of built Shore Soaps really slowly and like gradually and just myself year after year. But like I said, my full time job completely bankrolled the business until it got big enough to bankroll itself. So I definitely recommend keeping your day job until, uh, until your side hustle can pay you. <laughs> so everybody makes mistakes, right? And entrepreneurs, especially when building a new business, make a ton of mistakes. Sometimes there's one big mistake they made that they wish they could go back and change and that they could have avoided. So if you could go back six years when you first started your company and tell yourself, Corinne, avoid making this one mistake, what would it be and how would you have avoided it? And what would you tell entrepreneurs to look out for in terms of what mistakes they might be making? That's a really hard question. I actually don't really feel like I've made mistake, like a one big mistake per se, or like mistakes, as horrible as that sounds. I think every little road bump or difficulty that we faced in the beginning sort of just made us more prepared for the years to come. Like, I don't feel like we ever really had one major setback or mistake that I regretted doing. Even even like the craft shows that we took on or like traveled to that were kind of out of our comfort zone or ended up not being what we initially expected just kind of taught us the kinds of shows that we didn't want to do or what we didn't want to do going forward. But even these shows that we went to and we didn't make money, we still viewed it as just putting our name out there and we always had fun doing it, which is the most important. So I can't really say that any of those like missteps were mistakes in the long run. Because everything sort of had a purpose, good or bad. 
Wow. So that's definitely not the case in my experience. Most people say they wish they could have went back in time and not paid for something or not hired a person or they wish they had talked to a partner sooner, things like that. For example, you mentioned shows and, you know, back in the day when it came to tech startup shows, I used to go to tons of networking events and it didn't get me anywhere. So I stopped going to shows. And if I had known that going to networking events wasn't going to bring me any business, I probably wouldn't have wasted all that time I spent going to those events. But luckily for you, it sounds like going to shows actually helped your business. So you did a good job there. Exactly. Yeah, it all sort of felt like stepping stones. You know, even if we went to a show and we didn't make any money, like maybe we did some networking or we met somebody that ended up being, you know, a wholesaler down the line or, you know, just making connections and just getting people to say, you know, some of the shows we did in North Jersey, like that's not our you know, that's not our usual venues, but those people come in vacation down at the shore. So a lot of them was like, oh, yeah, we come to Cape May, you know, on vacation. We'll stop by your store next time we come there type of thing. So even if they didn't buy anything right then and there, it's still like, you know, planted the seed in their mind that like we're here. So, I mean, you didn't really make any mistakes, it sounds like, but say you could go back to the beginning and you could tell yourself one important piece of information when you started your business. What would it be and why? The reason I want you to touch on this is because most entrepreneurs who come to me for help, they've already made the mistakes. So they've already made a lot of errors and they want me to fix them. I think if I had known in 2013 when I started Shore Soaps that by 2018 we would have two storefronts and dozens of wholesale accounts, number one, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But number two, I probably, (laughs) I probably would have scaled up a long time ago. Like it took us a really long time to start buying like bigger equipment and, you know, start doing batches where we're making hundreds of bars at a time. Um, but you know, In all seriousness, if we had scaled up too quickly, who knows if we would be where we are today because a lot of times growing too quickly kills a business. Especially in this industry, people are really set on the products that they use and love a lot of times. And it really takes time to build a reputation and build trust with your clients. Like I feel like you really can't rush it. So, No, that's awesome. That was a great answer. So I agree with you 100%. So I want to ask you, did you ever want to give up one day Did you ever want to like throw in the towel and go back to being a manager of a restaurant and just lay around with your dog all day and not have to be so stressed out with your business? Did you ever want to just give up? No, I absolutely never wanted to give up. Like the end goal was always to not have to wait tables for the rest of my life. So even in the beginning, like seeing sales come in on the website, even if it was, you know, one every couple days. Because, you know, obviously when we first started out, we didn't have the brick and mortar stores. So it was literally just the online sales. But even seeing one or two come in a week gave me like a high, literally. It only made me want to work harder because I had a thirst for more. Like I wanted to get more sales. So I don't think I ever got to a point where I really wanted to give up or throw it all away. Even hearing one person or seeing one review online where we changed somebody's skin and not only their skin, but their self-confidence, their feeling of self-worth with our products was like 100% satisfying enough to always make us want to keep going. Okay. So let's say an entrepreneur out there didn't have the success and luck that it sounds like you had in your business and they're struggling and they can't pay the bills and they're not selling enough products, what would you tell them in order to get them through it and to fight harder to keep their business alive? 
I mean, things don't always initially work out the way you expect. Like when I opened up my Etsy store back in 2013, you know, I knew our products were great and I loved our products, but you know, you're sometimes a, a big fish in a, or a small fish in a big pond and things don't always take the first time. So I would just say, don't, you know, don't ever give up if you believe in your product, you know, make necessary changes or just, you know, take different avenues of putting yourself out there. So what is it like managing a shop and employees? I mean, you have two stores. Uh, what's hard about it? What's easy about it? You know, you took the plunge where most people will work out of a co-working space or they'll work from a home office, but they don't make the plunge into brick and mortar, which is big overhead and a lot of work. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, currently, Shore Soaps has two brick and mortar stores in South Jersey, one in Cape May, which is our flagship, and the second is in Stone Harbor, which we just opened this past November. And um, managing the two shops definitely has its challenges, the biggest being that most shops, when they run low on inventory, they just go ahead and order more from one of their wholesalers. It arrives for them to sell usually within a week, maybe two, depending on where it's coming from. But for us... Since we literally manufacture 98% of our products in-house, it's a lot more of a process. So soap, for, for instance, in order for the soap we make to be the hardest and last our customers the longest, it needs to cure for four to six weeks from the time we make it. So yeah, which means like in our production meetings now, we are literally planning for the soap that's going to hit the shelves in June. Yeah. And then in August, we're planning for the soap that's going to hit the shelves for Christmas. So we pretty much always have to be thinking, what are we going to need two months from now? So that can definitely be challenging trying to anticipate the needs of our customers that far ahead of time. And then, of course, the other thing, staffing in two seasonal shore towns is always an issue for us as well. Shore Soaps currently has five people on staff, and we're looking for at least two more before the season starts. On the other end, what's easy? Um, luckily for me, I, I pretty much grew up running my family's business. I've managed three restaurants in my life, so I've always been good at managing employees, you know, managing the day-to-day operations, dealing with customers. So I feel like all my previous jobs definitely gave me a lot of hands-on experience and a leg up when it came to running my own business. Here's one of the things I love talking about in my podcast is what the perks and advantages are of running a business. I mean, you were managing a restaurant, so your freedom was kind of tapped there. You were taking care of a restaurant. Now you're running your own business and you have more freedom, I'm assuming. So tell me a little bit about what you like about your business and the perks and advantages of running it. The perks, of course, being your own boss. People always tell me how awesome it must be to be your own boss. And don't get me wrong, it definitely is. But it is because I'm a self-starter. I hold myself accountable for my own success. So just because I can get up at noon and go to work in my pajamas every day doesn't mean I do. You know, I'm usually the first one to the shop every morning, you know. So the freedom is nice, only ever having yourself to answer to and being the one to make decisions, which for me personally is a big deal because I'm a huge control freak. And I always <laughs> I always think my way of doing something is better or the best. And when it comes to my business, at least the creative aspects, aspects of it, I literally have full creative control. So am I to believe that you allow your employees to give you creative input and suggestions on your business? I am, yes. Like I, I will hear other people's opinions, um, but at, at the end of the day, it's 
it's whatever I think is best, <laughs> which is nice. Like if I want to change something, I just do it. You know, I don't have to send an email chain up the ladder and wait for someone who's sitting in an office down the hall from me to tell me that it's okay for me to do something. I know you have this really awesome Husky and it must be cool to bring your dog to work, right? No, having having my dog at work is definitely a perk. I have a six-year-old Siberian Husky and she is pretty much my shadow. She doesn't like to be uh, away from me for long periods of time and the long hours that I work would definitely be challenging if I was not able to bring her to work with me. But it's kind of funny people come into the store all the time and they don't they just look they don't know that I'm the owner. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's so nice that your boss lets you bring your dog to work with you every day. And I'm like, I know, she's great. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, so that's definitely a perk. As far as like the vacations, um, both the stores close down the whole month of January and half of February every year. So I don't really take my vacations until both stores are closed down and I can actually not have anything to worry about during that time. When it comes to running a business, it's not easy, right? And there's always at least one difficult thing you had to accomplish in order to start your business. So in your case, what was the most difficult thing you had to do? Well, the one thing that was definitely difficult in the beginning was curbing my own spending. You know, what was once my disposable income was now my working capital for the business. And it took me sort of realizing, okay, if I spend this $1,000 on new equipment for the business instead of going on this vacation, it can turn around and make me X amount of dollars in return versus if I go on a vacation, yes, it'll be fun, but that's not going to grow my business. So I had to be very disciplined in the beginning. And we did grow very slowly, despite the fact that I was approached by multiple family members wanting to invest in shore soaps. I was determined to grow the business to where I wanted it to be without investors or bank loans or credit cards even. And it, it was difficult, but six years later, here we are with not one, but two successful stores and an online store, and we have no debts to speak of. So it, it was well worth tightening the purse strings for a few years. Being a business owner is demanding, but you have to balance your work-life schedule. So what are some of the things you do to detach yourself from your business in order to give yourself a healthy work-life balance? So I really don't. <laughs> I'm constantly answering emails, sending invoices from my phone, doing social media posts, like engaging with customers. Uh, my boyfriend is extremely supportive of my business. He almost never gives me shit about being on my phone when we're binging Netflix in our free time because he owns a restaurant, so he knows how demanding it can be. You know, even when you walk out the door, you can't always just leave work behind 100%. I mean, I'm sure some people can, but we just can't. I mean, we do have the occasional dinner, you know, night where we say, okay, no phones, we're just going to spend time together. And, you know, those times are nice too. But I think if you want to be really successful in business, you kind of have to let it consume you a little bit. You have to, you know, you have to love it so much that you don't mind getting calls from your employees when you're getting a pedicure or when you're out to eat with your family. Uh, I think you have to provide the level of customer service that's expected. And sometimes that means tracking packages and answering emails when you're cooking dinner or when you're out with friends. I think that's just how it is. Do you do any like employee retreats where you get out of the shop with your employees and maybe go bowling or go to a restaurant and things like that? Well, every year we talk about it. And I don't know if this is just like my bad luck, but my two full-time employees this year and last year 
both ended up pregnant at some point throughout the season. <laughs> yeah, so there was uh we've we've dealt with a couple maternity leaves already, which is difficult for uh planning things. Yeah, when everybody sort of uh has their own stuff going on, but we we have talked about it my my partner and I. So it sounds like you're doing a fantastic job. So congratulations, you should be super proud of yourself. And here's how you pay it forward. You can help entrepreneurs by giving some final thoughts, some words of wisdom. If you could go back in time and tell yourself some, you know, really good information and encouragement. So like, what would you tell an 18 year old version of yourself, an entrepreneur out there, what they should strive for, what they should look out for, the things they might expect, how they can succeed? What would you tell them? My best advice to somebody starting a new small business is to just don't expect big things to happen overnight. Like you can't launch an online store and expect to have hundreds of orders the next day. Like some people set their expectations, you know, so high and then they're disappointed. They think they're a failure. They're not making money right off the bat and that their idea just maybe isn't profitable. But honestly, the best kind of growth is gradual and consistent and I would just say, take the time, build a rapport with your customers, build trust, keep at it, you know, just don't give up. If something needs changing, change it, rebrand, try new things, you know, think outside the box. If you feel stuck in a rut, like creatively, look for inspiration. Don't look for, you know, an escape route. If you're determined enough, I think you can be successful. You just have to show up and do the work. Well, I definitely couldn't have said it better myself. So how do we find Short Soaps online? What are the social links, website? Give us the rundown. So our website is shortsoapscapemay.com. And we also have an Etsy store. It's etsy.com slash shop slash shortsoaps. Our Instagram is just at shortsoaps. I also noticed on your Instagram, you guys like to post videos of creating products. I love watching them. It's really cool. We do, yeah. I'm all about the uh, the work in progress. I love posting videos of uh, of what we do to kind of show people that we're not, you know, we're not a big machine. We do make everything in small batches. It's all made with love and care. When people ask me why I don't go on more vacations and why don't I take more breaks and why don't I buy certain things? Well, because that $100 that I'm spending on drinks on a weekend could go towards a business item that I need like to make my business grow. I look at $100 and $100 put towards the business is $1,000 in my mind. You know, you kind of have to look at it that way. Like it's not me spending $100. It's me virtually spending $1,000. But the hardest thing I actually had to do for the business overall was to know when to ask for help. Um, in 2017, I took on a partner at Shore Soaps, which is something that I previously never thought that I was going to do. The, con- the control freak in me wanted to do everything herself. I thought I could manage it all with very minimal support staff, but I did reach a point where I needed help with the actual production. I needed a heavy hitter, and my friend Leslie, who I'd known for 10 plus years at that point, she was dabbling a little bit in natural skincare herself, so she was like a rep for an essential oil company. She had started making like sugar scrubs and aromatherapy, and so one year I asked her to share a booth with me at our local farmer's market. And honestly, it was the beginning of a beautiful partnership because we ended up merging 
And now she's a managing partner at Shore Soaps. So, you know, as hard as it was for me to get to the point where I needed to ask for help, it was still sort of a turning point for the company that I'm so glad I got to because if it hadn't been for me bringing her on, we definitely wouldn't have opened the Stone Harbor store this year. I definitely couldn't have done that without her. I couldn't manage dozens of wholesale accounts now that we have without her. I physically wouldn't have been able to produce enough product for even our flagship store by myself. So that growth was definitely hard for me personally, but so, so necessary for the business. I know exactly how you feel. I've been the co-founder of many companies where I would butt heads with the co-founders and we wouldn't get along and it just didn't work out. So sometimes you feel like you have to get it done yourself the first time before you bring anybody on board. And I actually teach that in my book and my course once again is you should try to get as much done as possible by yourself before bringing anybody on board. Yeah, I have friends that have recently started businesses and I've seen their struggles of trying to work together and trying to get along and make decisions together as like 50-50 partners and it is definitely uh, definitely challenging. So it was something that I was avoiding for a very long time, but it just got to the point where we sort of had plateaued and I realized that, you know, if we do want to grow any further, it needs to it needs, you know, something's got to give here. So I think it's funny that you did everything the right way. As far as I can hear what you're telling me, everything you've done so far is the right move. Exactly. It was already established. You know, there was no arguing over branding. Like everything was, you know, the, the groundwork was already laid, so to speak. It was just, I just needed somebody to help bring it home. So thanks for joining me on this episode of Startup Journey, Corinne. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. I hope you learned something in today's episode. If you did, please share it with your friends. If you have a business idea you'd like to pitch to me, you can do so on my website, jasonsherman.org. Don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. And if you want to dive even deeper into the world of entrepreneurship, I suggest you sign up for my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy.com. I really do appreciate your support if you decide to donate via PayPal, and I hope you tune into my next episode.